People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity. Welcome to the Tell Janice Radio Show, where you will hear inspiring stories about life, love, and labor from amazing women to help lift you up. Now, here's your host, Janice. Thanks very much, and welcome to the show. I'm so happy that you're listening, and I'm sure you're going to learn a lot from our guest today. But before we get started, I wanted to remind you that if you know of a fabulous female that you would like me to give a shout-out to with a few words of encouragement, acknowledgement, or congratulations, please let me know their names by clicking on the link at telljanice.com. Good morning, ladies. My guest today is um, Deborah Romare. She's the CEO of 19th Day Pictures out of Encino, California. I'm so excited to have her on the show. I can't wait to have her tell us all about herself in a moment. Um, but first of all, Deborah has worked in motion pictures and television her entire life. She has written a children's picture book with her writing partner, Vincent J. Wiley. It's based on an animated film they're currently making called Vincent the Artist. The children's book, Vincent the Artist, is book one. Vincent leaves home and the first of the trilogy. Their books explore how parents can learn to accept their children for who they are and help them follow their dreams and ultimately live an authentic life. I'm so excited to have her on the show. Welcome, Deborah. Thank you so much, Janice. How are you today? I'm doing terrific. I'm, I have read so much about you, and I can't wait to get started, but can you have our listeners um, know a little bit about yourself? Yes, I actually uh, have lived out in California since 1973, and I started working in show business as an actress at about uh, 17 years old. <clears throat> I've been here doing, first of all, I was an actress, and then I switched over to editing because I was told that's really how you learn to make a film, which is what I was interested in is filmmaking. So as soon as I was old enough to be in the unions um, that weren't the SAG union, I started working uh, behind the camera, very happily, by the way, in editing. And I was working with Blake Edwards, and I became a writer actually under his tutelage. Um, a screenwriter, and um, I've been writing about family and, uh, you know, uh, women and family for my whole life, really. Uh, And I started writing with a partner about 10 years ago. He had pitched Vincent the Artist to me, which is right now a children's book, the first of the trilogy that's out, as you mentioned, and uh, it's also going to be an animated feature film, and we're working hard on that now to to finish that and get it into theaters. Wow, that's that's terrific. How did you find your partner, Vincent? You know, it was interesting. I was working at probably the worst job I've ever had where I was so unhappy because I decided to just sort of take a regular job where I went to work nine to six. And <laughs> I actually clocked out for the first time, in and out for the first time in my life. It, I was wow. still on a, on a lot. I know. And it was very funny because I had always had this sort of freedom where I'd been in a, a producer on TV shows or whatever, and I'd been an editor. And, I, you know, I worked my own hours, but I got the work done. 
So here I was actually standing by a time clock, and I thought, oh, my gosh, what has happened to me? <laughs> you know, this is like the worst. But I, I wanted to try it because I had always lived such a sort of um, – I don't want to say, you know, like an artist's life, actually. And, and right. my artist's life included never being completely secure, which I think is comes with the territory. So I was working this horrible job at Warner Brothers. And uh, Vincent was also working in a job that he couldn't believe he had fallen into. And we met there. And he came over to me, and he it was, it was just the sweetest thing. He said, you know, I see that you're a writer. And he had read one of my scripts, and he said, I have this idea, and I want to pitch it to you. And he was standing there, and he started to pitch this idea of a little rat character who wanted to be an artist, but his father wanted him to be a, a teacher like he was, the father. And so he had to leave home to try to find his journey and find his way as an artist. And it was it was really touching to me because not only did it touch my heart, but I could see it was really who Vincent was. And uh, he is actually the father of triplets. And at the time, they wow. were three years old. I know. It's, so, it's such an endearing story. They were three years old at the time. And he went home and he told them that I was interested in this, and he started drawing characters. And he he had been an artist his whole life drawing, and he had had to work jobs, of course, like we all have had to in our lives. Um, and he he drew the pictures for his children. He would put them across the table in the morning, and his children would laugh or love them or, you know, it wouldn't be his favorite. And by that, by utilizing that, we actually discovered all the characters that worked in the film and that we finally ended up choosing. Wow. So not to, like, date ourselves, but how long ago was that? Because I want our listeners to know, like, how long it took you from the inception to you meeting him and all he was put in your life. Oh, I have yeah, no, I have no problem about my age. I'm I'm proud to be 59 years old and have survived this long really? in Hollywood for one thing. <laughs> so, uh, um no, I I like I said I like I said I came out here when I was 17 and as an actress and I when I was working with Blake Edwards and he was mentoring me, I was around 26 and I became actually a pretty hot comedy writer, but I really didn't know what I was doing and I stopped working in development in as a writer so that I could really learn my craft. I really wanted to be a great writer. I didn't just want to be making a living or working on these films that I didn't care about. So I started to find myself mentors, uh, including Blake, who helped me really hone my craft. And then uh, I met Vincent actually, I think it's almost exactly 13 years ago because his, his triplets just turned 16. So 13 years ago, I met him and we started writing together. But he really taught me to build a company. And together, you know, and as a woman, here's the thing. I, I learned so much through my life on how to make films, on how to write, on, you know, the, what, what matters as a writer, which for me is empathy. Mm-hmm. That said, I had never been in a position in my life where I could control a situation, and I don't mean like being in control in in the negative sense. I mean that, you know, when we're well-learned, even though we're women, it's a decision-making thing that I think makes the difference. And I was always in positions in in companies and at studios where I really wasn't in the place where I could make decisions. And I felt that for that reason, I was making a lot of money for other people and a lot of success. And it's not about the money, but it's about 
doing well and, and being mm-hmm. finally have it be your decision. Because I was always disappointed when I would work on certain things. I think I've had one or two things that I've, I've worked on hundreds of movies and television, and I've only been proud of one or two. Can you imagine? Wow. That's so being in control because we're we're a lot of us women are working for other people, and so what I'm hearing from you is you you did that and then decided what was that pivotal moment that you decided hey, I I can do this on my own. You know the pivotal moment I think came when I you know I always feel like I am put in a direction. I believe by God, where I can learn lessons. I can either ignore them, or I. But sooner or later, I'm going to get hit in the head with it. I I kept getting uh, assignments at different studios where there were just these crazy, belligerent, not right people screaming and yelling and nutty in these. There was a couple of TV shows in a row, and I thought, Wow, what is wrong with people? That is just no way to treat anybody. And it was just coming out in floods, and I. I think that was the moment after the, like the second or third show I thought you know what when I run cuz when I did run things like when I did a sh- I did a, I shot a a 30 minute short you know uh, that I did a TV pilot everybody was happy on set there weren't these kind of a problem because I don't handle things in a crazy reactive way it's one of those things where I I, I if you hire somebody you trust them to do their job so I think in, 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 in it came out of, I hate to say it, but it came out of a lot of abuse. Right. Unfortunately, right? Unfortunately. I mean, it, it, it sounds like such a bummer, but I think it's one of those things where it's how we learn our hardest lessons is through a lot of pain. Um, and once I realized I need to do this myself, and not only am I going to make my life better, I'm going to make people that work with me, <laughs> with me lives better. And, and, and I have, actually, and I'm very proud of that. I, I think it's made a big difference for uh, me, my partner, for uh, any of the people that have come into our company uh, are happy. Right. No, I, I hear that. There's so many of us that are in, you know, being in other people's agendas and other people's control. And so you, you got out of that and you did it on your own. That's that's fantastic. Right. And when I work with people, like I said, I, I look at it like this. If you hire somebody to do a job, when they, whoever, I don't know if you do your own, I'm sure you do your own show there, but when you do your show, you it's your show. You you have a right to do the show the way you want. If somebody isn't happy with it, then it ha, it, it's, it's an, an unfair sort of agenda. So when I hire somebody, our lawyer, our lawyer does the legal stuff. I don't fight with him. I don't tell mm-hmm. him how to do it. I don't tell him his job. And I think that, that if you can't work with people, you have to look back at yourself. Exactly. So was there moments when you did look back at yourself and thought maybe you didn't handle something the way you probably do now, maybe in a more positive manner? Yeah, I think that uh, I think I learned that that when I was when people are crazy around me, that it does affect me, and I understand that I should just sort of roll off my shoulder. But the truth is, it's just like in a family how people have to get along by communication. It doesn't work any other way, and it's sort of it doesn't really run the uh, line of of Vincent. But what does is the authentic life part. I realized I wasn't living my authentic life. I was an artist and a writer, and I wanted to create. And I was putting myself in a position out of fear, fear of a paycheck, fear of making money, fear of the future, fear of whatever, in a position where it wasn't what was meant for me to do. 
Right. And, you know, a lot of us, um, especially as females, we we choose the safe route sometimes, not finding happiness. And um, it looks like you did. But, you know, I want to get back to why you picked this children's book and your, you know, upcoming animated feature film. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, I, I was drawn to this because I had been writing always, as I mentioned, about family and about women, and, and, and but different things, drama, comedy, mostly comedy. And I had never uh, tackled animation, but when, I, when, he, when Vincent pitched me this story and I saw the depth of sort of despair in not only him, <laughs> but the character mm-hmm. itself of, of, of wanting a certain life and having parents who loved him and were trying to steer him in the right direction uh, but didn't really understand that you can't walk in someone else's shoes. Mm-hmm. And this is what the book is about. It's about uh, uh, children learning to listen to their parents' wisdom, but that in the end the parent needs to realize that every child has a path and that they right. have to be able to be on that path to be to be f- fulfilled. Right. So this this message resonated with you, I can tell. It it did. It did. I, I think because I had a very strange upbringing. Um my I, I was uh, had a single mother uh who I loved very much and she died young and I really had to sort of take care of myself from the time I was really little and um I learned very early on that sort of family which I didn't have is truly the most important thing. And 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 it's ironic because I think the fact that I didn't have it instead of growing up resentful or hurt mm-hmm. or or crazy, I I sort of came to this realization that there there's something to this that I need to express to the world um artistically. Cuz it, it really is to me all that matters is ultimately is love and family. So since you did, I'm curious, since you didn't have that kind of support and you you lost your mom very early how old were you when you lost your mom well i was i uh, my mom died at 53 when i was in my 20s early 20s mm, that's so but young but she was all i had uh, i had a younger sister who you know and we had had such a rough life to be honest that it wasn't normal so we had come out here when i was 17 i had uh, dropped out of high school and started working in the business, and I really didn't have the sort of, I thought, the education um, to do much except for what I could learn in film editing. It, it was an esteem issue, I think, mostly. Mm-hmm. And once once I met, started meeting people who said things to me like, um, you don't need education, you need talent, and I started sort of believing in myself to say the least, over the years, it just changed inside of me what mattered. Uh, And by the way, even though I didn't go to high school, I believe in education (laughs) and college. As a matter of fact, I put my sister through college. So I'm a big believer in in college uh, and and schooling. But that said, I think there's always that fight when there's a child who might be a little different than other children um, for whatever reason, they're in a wheelchair or a child who is, is you know, is it was born gay or whatever. And these are the kind of, even though our story represents something simpler, you know, I want to be an artist. No, you need to, you know, um, be a teacher. 
what's really coming out of it is that we all have our own path, authentic life, and how do we reach it? And it took me a long time to really understand it. I would say until my mid-late 30s to really understand what, what was important in life. Well, I want you to repeat what you just said, just for our listeners, because I think um, it's really important from your educational standpoint. Can you repeat what your education was? I mean, you have accomplished so much despite all of that. Can you repeat that well, for us? Sure. I mean, I, I I did not finish high school or junior high school. I was I completely self-taught. I read massive amounts of books to learn myself and about history and ma- I did math wow. books and puzzle books and things to really educate myself um, while I was a teenager and working in show business and it was most of my lack of that kind of formal education was due to our my upbringing because I had just a really bad family life and then mm-hmm. um, my mom died in her early 20s and I ended up as a writer really learning a, that empathy number one, is, is, is really the most important thing in understanding not only myself but other people. And mm-hmm. from really being self-read, I, I educated myself. I, I truly did. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I, and, and then after my mother died, I put my sister through college because I understood how important education was, but I had to understand it the hard way. Wow. Well, I, I keep hearing empathy from you. So, I mean, that that resonates with all of us, I think. And putting your sister through college, even after you didn't do that yourself. So college is, you know, I'm kind of veering off here, but college can help us. I have three children, and I, wanna, I want them all to go through college, and two are currently. But it doesn't always create our path or create um, success, yes. however you measure and even- it. It's true, and even more than that, it doesn't always fit the specific child. Um, my my uh, writing partner with his triplets is having something similar to that right now. With one of his children, they're all sixteen, and one of them, uh, his son Joey, is very interested in editing and film editing and doing that kind of thing. Now he can go to film school for a couple of years when he graduates, or for four or whatever. But basically, we're probably in a position to get him going in the union and working and depending on where he's at because it's 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 so his passion he's already making little films and editing so it, you know is it right for that kid now the other two are geared more geared toward college and by the way it's not that vincent would tell him not to go to college or that i would right. ever suggest such a thing but it's that thing of where you kind of have to slow down and say and listen to them hear their heartbeat each day because he may not be the kid that should go to college he may, it may be for him something that takes him off on a tangent that wasn't even right. And I think when we get on wrong roads, it's really, really difficult to pull back and to, and to, and to find our way, uh, depending on, in a lot of ways, who our parents are. You said you had three children, two in college. That tells me that you're a really focused parent because to get your kids right, you know, righted and, and, and then into college and then moving forward in life, it's a very difficult thing for a mother to do. Mm-hmm. I find that heroic. Well, it's, it's a, I, what I've decided in my life is my children will go to college, you know, despite um, what the outside factors are, despite money, whether it's there or not, just to give them the uh, sort of the step up. 
but I've yes. learned, I've learned over the past probably 10 years, my, I have two older children, one younger, that that is not always the case. Like you're a perfect example. Perfect example. Yeah. And, and look, if I had it to do over again and I could be my own mother, <laughs> I would certainly <laughs> raise myself differently and put myself through college. But, uh, but it wasn't the path that I could have had. It just wasn't. Uh, my life as a child was so bad that I couldn't function to even go to school. And I had to go through a lot of, you know, really traumatic things to pull myself out finally and and move on and then once I did I had a friend say well maybe you should just take the GED test or whatever that is and I thought what for I I, I spent my life and I still spent by the way I'm still learning every day I get up every day and I learn new things or I read about new things and 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 it's the world's an amazing amazing journey so I never feel bad about the past because I can't change it, but I did learn a lot from it. And I do feel that I agree with you. Most children and most people should go to college because they should have the experience that opens up the life beyond. Right. High school is not the same as college at all. Well, college doesn't always prepare ourselves. We, we pick majors like I did that didn't even prepare myself for you know my career. I think it, most it, people do that, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But you you bypassed all of that. And despite, you know, not going to and did, tell me again. So you didn't you didn't finish um, junior high school, right? No, I, I actually didn't yeah. beyond the fourth grade because I started running away and getting into trouble and having issues at home and therefore throughout my whole life. Um, and so once I left Minneapolis, Minnesota is where I was raised, I came out here and I just started over. I, I said, I need to go somewhere and start a new life, which I did. And from that time on, I was working within the business and educating myself. So I think, because I struggle with, you know, um, what's it, nurture versus nature. So you, despite all of that, um, it, I think it made you stronger. I mean, I've listened and watched a lot of um, documentaries and people who don't have paths that we're all trying to create for our children in this this day and age. And maybe those paths, maybe they should go through some struggles to make them stronger. Oh, I'm the biggest believer in that, I have to tell you. I find, and, and, you know, listen, I don't have children. So for me, I don't like to ever comment and say, oh, a parent should do this or a parent. Because, you know, I'm not walking in their shoes every day. That said, I find that most kids today are a little too coddled. And, um, you know, my writing partner has always said to me that I have a Ph.D. in life, which is really sweet <laughs> because it, it it makes me feel better. But the truth is, is that I, I, I do think that in life, children today, you know, they what are they calling them now? The Z generation, I think. And, yes. and it's. It's kind of about being a little too spoiled and coddled. So rough time, as hard as it is for a parent, I, I feel like my heart would break if I was sitting there and my son or my daughter were crying over anything. Because even when Vincent's children feel upset or cry, I, I'm overwhelmed with, with you know, incredible pain. But then I think to myself, this is good because they won't feel entitled to an easy life. They will understand that, they have to take all these steps, good and bad, hard and easy, and whatever comes along, and deal with them in a really loving way. And it's not that easy. 
No, it's not. And and whether you have children or not, you know, are are the kids of this generation are they up for the most part and you know, people could argue with me, but they are feeling entitled. You know, they they yeah. need to go I through, mean, including my young son. Mhm. Mhm. And entitlement and here's the thing, it's hard because what what we what I see people do as parents is out of love. They're saying, "I don't want my kid to fall down and hurt his knee. I don't want my kid to, to you know have a tough time through uh, high school and get bullied or whatever." I understand that, and I I have complete understanding of that. That said, if we don't have bumps along the road, and by the way, nobody deserves to have the kind of bumps that some people have in life. Mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting that children should have tortured lives but they should generally feel things and even when there's a divorce in the family for example this is a great example um the way that kids deal with it is extremely important and i think in some cases it can help them in a way it can it can be a positive thing depending on how it's handled by the parents oh exactly i mean those are probably that's probably the one of the the largest um, and biggest obstacles for a child going through divorce, for sure. Exactly. And that's how the parents exactly. handle it, too. So right. so let me ask you, Deborah, um, I know that your mom, you know, passed early on, but if there was one virtue and, you know, in your early life, in your 20s, that your mom instilled in you, what was what would be the first thing that came to mind? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is I was – on a, a, it was younger than than that age, but I was a little girl, maybe five or six years old, and I was on the bus with my mother, and uh, I might have been even younger, three or four, but uh, an African American man got on the bus and sat across from us, and I was looking at him. She and I remember this actually, but she always t- reminded me of this, and and it it it, it probably was the best lesson of my life, because I said I pointed and I said, why is that man all black? Mm-hmm. Why is his skin black? And my mother said, everybody has different skin and different eyes, but we're the, all the same inside. Aww. And that moment, honest to God, t- t- changed me forever. Because to, to, I looked at him and I thought, oh, yeah, he's just the same as everybody. It literally just clicked in me. And I remember he smiled. And there was something in that moment that taught me uh, that, all people are the same, and it's it's really made me, I don't want to say so much, of course not prejudice, but that's not it. What it is is that when I see a person, I see the person. And when I get to know somebody, I see them on the inside. And and that, to me, is probably her greatest gift to me. Ah, oh, that's a wonderful gift. I mean, if, if you can think otherwise, if she said something completely different, that would have changed the course of how you, you know, handled your life, how you've handled your career. Yes, and what that's how important. Gift. And that's how important and powerful parents are. And that's why, uh, getting back to Vincent the artist, his father has a powerful. It's a same-sex parent, you know, and if there's father son, he has a powerful influence on his little boy. But his little boy has wanted to be an artist since he was a little kid and this is the thing is is you can you can influence your children but it's that thing of saying okay where is his path it's not my path it's you know because mm-hmm. like you were saying your youngest one you know might be different than the other two or the other two your kids usually are so different from one another that it's a little difficult to step back and say wait a second what path would he be best on or let me help him find it 
Oh, right. So the the three the triplets um, have you found? Because it sounds like you've adopted them sort of as as your children in your life. Have you? Are I, they I love all them. completely different? Yeah, they're completely different. Those three triplets. They are. I'm telling you, I've I've never seen anything like it. He's a wonderful father. And life is a struggle for everybody, but it it it, it uh, and he even recently went through a divorce, so it's not an easy road. But uh, he is a great father. I love those children. I love all children, actually. I mm-hmm. had a friend say to me uh, recently, "You're everybody's mother," <laughs> which is kind of Aww. true. But uh, but I, I I just love children and I love people and I love women. I, I think that women um, and it was because of my having my mother take care of me my whole life, at least as well as she could um it it changed me about how i feel about uh loving women in my life and uh i have a great husband now and um i'm a very lucky person oh that's that's what a terrific um story i've really enjoyed talking to you but i have one um last question for you so what is you're an artist and what has life taught you being an artist i think that um i i've learned that I have to be true to myself and my goals. It doesn't mean that I don't have to work side jobs or whatever I have to do to survive, but that I stay within the line of what I really love and what I want. That I, if I get a job it's and it's not producing my own movie, maybe it's helping someone else produce a movie or um, helping someone else with their script so that I'm still doing the thing that I love most and not uh, sort of trading off and, and giving up on my dreams. Well, that's that's um, really profound for all of us, and there's so much. What I've learned in talking to women is find something you love, and the money will come. Yes, that's, and never let go. <laughs> never, never, never let, let go. Yeah. go. Right. Absolutely. Well, I I want um, I've really enjoyed talking to you, and I want um, you to tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you and tell them about your books and where they're available. Sure. Um, our book, Vincent the Artist, which is a, a children's picture book, is available on Amazon, Kindle, and Barnes and & Noble on, all over the Internet and in bookstores. Um, and I put it on sale for the next week for your listeners, actually, so I hope that they take a look at those. And then there's also products created from the characters in the book available um, at Society6. So it's the word society, S-O-C-I-E-T-Y, the number 6.com slash Vincent the Artist. So if you just go to Society 6 and type in Vincent the Artist, you'll find all of the little um, sort of tote bags and toys and things for kids and for adults. And 100% of the proceeds from the book and products is used in the making of the film, the continuing of the film. So it's a, it's a help for me and uh, and hopefully a help for the world ultimately. Oh, it sounds like such a labor of love. It's been great talking to you, Deborah. I've really enjoyed you it. Too. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I've been talking with Deborah Romare, and we're going to take a short break, so please stay tuned. Every three minutes, another woman gets the news that she has breast cancer. And here are some of the first words she hears. Hertenew oncogene, aromatase inhibitor, ductal carcinoma in situ, what do these words mean? How are you going to decide what to do if you can't even say what you have? Listen to me, Shirley Jones. As soon as you get your diagnosis, go to breastcancer.org. 
It's a special place on the Internet where you can learn how to say all those breast cancer words and find out what they mean. At breastcancer.org, you can learn more about your particular kind of cancer and your treatment options. Prepare a list of questions for your next doctor's visit and get all kinds of other useful information to guide you and your family through this. Breastcancer.org, the first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer. You've been listening to the Tell Janice Radio Show. If you'd like to be a guest or suggest a guest for the show, or if you would like to nominate a fabulous female for a shout-out by Janice on the live show, please visit www.telljanice.com. Please share this episode with your social network and help us lift women up. Join us next week for another episode of Tell Janice.